0: Going man,
1: hey, I am doing man. I'm doing good man. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for
1: having me.
0: Absolutely. So, um, got with me here, Dr. Cole Snyder of Invive Chiropractic in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, he's a really good buddy of mine that I've come to know over the last couple of years and living there and uh, through. A, he's a master of networking, which we'll get into here in just a minute. Um, but more importantly, he's a dad of three wild children um, under the age of five. Right. That's right. Yep, he's data three. Um, he runs an entire chiropractic business and tries to be a family man at home. So thanks for coming on, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Awesome. So where I'll get started is just tell me a little bit, you know, just a small synopsis of who you are, what you do, um, kind of why you do what you do, what drew you to the chiropractic business in general.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'd be happy to. Um, you said it best. I'm a chiropractor. Uh, that is kind of what I set out to do from a very young age. Uh, I don't know exactly how I got into it. Um, it. It just was something that resonated with me, and, and I just pursued it um, since the fifth grade, as, as, as far back as I can go. And so, um, with that journey, it, it took me to uh, I went to school here in Sioux Falls, um, and that's where I ended up getting connected with um, my mentor and now business partner and, and the business that I now operate in, uh, which is a fun story. And then I had to go down to chiropractic school. So I went down to Florida with my my wife at that time. Um We just got married and moved down there and so that's where we were there for three years going through school and ended up starting our family and having two of our our three kids down that way uh and now we've been back in sioux falls a little over three years i've been in the business for three years um and our family's currently ages five three and two uh you said it best when you said wild that's i think that's the nature of kids at this stage but um they also got a lot of me in them so that's that's one of the challenges so um, absolutely that's about as short as I can get
0: it. Absolutely, man. So tell me a little bit about... Because I know you have a really cool story. I want to go back to college a little bit. So why only three years for chiropractic school?
1: Yeah. So that's just... um chiropractic in the state of South Dakota you have to have an undergraduate degree and so I was went to school at Augustana here in Sioux Falls and so did my four years there and then chiropractic school is I say three I think it's officially depending on the program it's three and a quarter or three and a half years Uh, and so that's just school straight through and so I graduated undergrad and then three weeks later was starting in that program and so went summer of 2016 through summer of 2019 when I came back here. and so that's just the the approach that the school that I went to took and so um, fast tracked it a bit which was nice
0: so you and your wife you had a kid at some point during college correct
1: yeah yeah so we had our um, my wife and I got married a week after I graduated from undergrad and then two weeks later we moved down to Florida um, and I always I always tell this story I mean uh, you know, she was, we were high school sweethearts, if you want to call it that. I've known her for many, many years. I got to her when she was young and um, she kind of convinced her there really wasn't going to be anything better out there. So why even look? <laughs> um, so we ended up at the same college um, that was dating for a lot of years before we got married. And we got married and we're three months into it. And she kind of comes to me and goes, Man, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I mean, you're just, it's not that great so well maybe let's try having kids uh (laughs) and so we had our first kid uh right about a year after we were married um while i was in school ended up having our second um, son there a few months before he graduated. So we were living in a one bedroom apartment down in Florida with with two kids there for a while. So that was interesting. And then our daughter came after. Um, my wife does love me. There's some humor in that. <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of how we got there.
0: Absolutely, man. So one of the biggest things that I respect about you is I've not seen many people so committed to delayed gratification and patience. So tell me a little bit about, you know, cause like wh- one of the things I love about you is do you still drive the Buick?
1: Oh man, I wish it, 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 <laughs> uh, it no longer is operable, but I did have the Buick for a long time.
0: How long, how long did you have that thing?
1: That was my wife's and he's talking, you're talking about a, a 2001 Buick LeSabre that he, it was a, uh, uh, an interesting vehicle, but no, that was my wife's car in high school. We had that thing. Uh, I was driving that through the winters of South Dakota, busting through snowdrifts. And oh yeah, uh, when Cody was living in Sioux Falls, that was what I drove around in. And so it got to the point where uh, mechanically there were some issues, but more importantly, I think um, you know I was parking about three blocks away from anywhere I had to be just so nobody saw the vehicle. And so that's when we had to make that. But
0: yeah, and what what I love about that is you know when you. I mean, you, you were a doctor for two out of the three years you were driving it, I've assume, And so, yeah. you, you know, when it seems like a lot of people and I don't want to get into stereotypes, but a lot of people when they get that doctor title and they get a good job, mm-hmm. you know, the first thing that they do is go out and, you know, buy a nice car and really get into that. Uh, you know, facade. I would call it for the most part. So tell me a little. Tell me a little bit about your thought process there. Like, why did you continue to drive that? Because I think that's super cool and a really good point.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it. You know, it leads into a bigger conversation. But you know, I'm I'm a firm believer in kind of having a vision and setting goals, and what are you working towards? um, And then really, when you can get that clarity everything you do should, should serve that. So for me, um, you know, coming out of chiropractic school, I got student loan debt and uh, all that stuff. The joy I'm going to get from driving a new pickup or doing something like that, it's just not there. And so that was where um, kind of that's, that's probably the lens that we viewed it through throughout this journey is really looking towards uh, kind of the long game. And like you said, it's, it's not always the instant gratification that we're used to. Um, but I think the more you kind of experience that, you realize uh, I'd much rather work towards something bigger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. More And more people should do that. Um, so one, one of the things that I also like about you is, you know, you're super disciplined in your routine. Um, so like, what, what does a morning look like for you on a typical workday?
1: Um, discipline's important, right? Uh, I think I struggled with this for a while um, because I've always been disciplined i mean in high school i was 8 30 bedtime up at six that type of life um and the biggest thing that i had to deal with was uh once you start having kids it's not always the morning routine i mean i this morning what i had intended to do and when i got up at five it didn't happen because my two-year-old's kind of sick and she came down and needed some stuff and my wife's not you know so you have to adapt but for the longest time i think um you know i think when you look at successful people, they all have a morning routine, every single Mm -hmm. one of them. And and I just knew that early on from exposure. So I was hell bent on, I got to have this routine. And for a while I struggled because I would come to almost resent my kids at times because just dad's got to do something, go to bed. You know, I struggle with that. So that's where I kind of had to pivot a bit, but an ideal morning for me and my routine, probably 75% of the time is, um, I'm up before the sun and I'm getting a workout in, um, you know, going to the gym, doing that, then I've got an opportunity. If if I can get a workout in and have an hour to myself before the kids get up, that usually requires, I mean, it's got to be about 5 a.m. if I want to get Get that accomplished. Um, but just the opportunity to spend time in my planner and spend time on my goals and my visions for the day. Because if I don't plan my work, I'm a, a bit sporadic and, and you never know what you're going to run into. And then the fires hit and, and you yeah. end up chasing your tail all day.
0: Yeah. Like it's hard, it's hard without kids. And I don't have kids, but I could not imagine having three kids and still getting that done 75% of the time. Like that takes them serious because I'm sure you don't get to go to bed on time normally, or you normally you know, get woken up in the middle of the night, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to, dude, I don't want to make excuses like, what was me? I've got these, I've got these beautiful kids. It really, no, the reality yeah. is especially when they're young, dude, that, yeah, you try to get in bed, you try to get them on a schedule and
0: yeah, life's um, crazy.
1: You just adapt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just be in the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how you met your mentor. Um, and how important that was in where you've gotten your career today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think probably the one thing I want to state is I don't want this to ever come off as like I'm super successful. This is the pinnacle. Look at all this stuff. The only things I'll ever take credit for is showing up and working hard. Um, but I'm I'm a byproduct of being in the right place, finding the right people, working the right systems. And I think that's where you talk about that delayed gratification. If I see something that has worked and has proven, I'm okay saying, let's put the time in and go get it done. It's, it's much like the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make money, dude, get your money in the market because historically you see where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more there than I am going to be. Well, I'm going to go try to jump into a, a crypto or a fad and try to, yeah. you know, make the easy dollar. So, um, My mentor, uh, Nathan Unruh, he's a Dr. Nathan Unruh here in Sioux Falls. Um, You know, when I was in college here in Sioux Falls, um, I was going to be here for the summer doing workouts. I was playing football and doing all that. And so I knew I wanted to be a chiropractor and I I wanted to find some opportunity somewhere. So I sent an email to the first page of Google back in, this would have been 2013 or so, and one clinic responded to me and it was, it was one of the clinics that, that Dr. Unruh owned and, and that doc, and basically I was looking for anything. Yeah. Can I meet with you? Can I shadow you? Can, you know, and that just organically grew. Um, they'll always say, I, I just didn't leave them alone. I mean, I was <laughs> calling and sending notes and just any opportunities cause they didn't have anything at first. Right. Um, but then just organically grew into being able to work in the clinic and see it. And then when, when Nathan and I met, um, it was just kind of a unique relationship where, um, you know, we just, we just connected well and our brains kind of worked, um, kind of synergistically. And I was able to help some of the things he had going on and he obviously has poured more into me than anybody else, you know, besides my parents. Um, So it just, it's, it grew super organically and then it turned into, um, I want you to come back and be my successor in the business and, and take things over. And and now, you know, we've been working together, I think eight years now with, um, and that relationship has been amazing and I owe him, uh, everything, but it's, it's just another example of, you got to find the right people and you got to get in in with mm-hmm. the people that know what they're doing because they're all out there, and so you find the ones that are willing to help. And how do you help them? And that's how I think a lot of these things grow.
0: Absolutely. And w- one cool thing is that uh, you know I think that I think you guys or we I'm kind of dumb in this regard, but yeah. um, I'm doing a lot it, of things. It, me too. But in the in the chiropractic business, there's not a lot of entrepreneurial mindsets. Am I right? Like like you and like Nathan have.
1: Um, it's hard in in the chiropractic profession. Um, where we struggle is not the healthcare and the cl- dude. Chiropractors are fantastic clinicians, and they are amazing at for the most part at helping people, which is what we all got into it for what we find what separates the ones that are able to make the biggest impact is all the business stuff and the leadership stuff because you don't get that in school and that's not the school's job their job is to help you to pass your boards and become a good clinician and so um and that's where nathan was able to pour into me and and then through another couple other companies that he's got help make an impact to help these docs figure it out because dude Chiropractors are resilient. They're going to try everything under the sun and they're going to try their, their hardest. And it's not easy. Um, but too many of them fail and struggle because they just, they just don't know what they don't know. And so that was where I think my opportunity early on to see it from that lens and then go to school just helped me realize, you know, kind of that how it really works in the real world type scenarios
0: yeah absolutely so and another cool thing about you too is that cuz he actually introduced us um mm-hmm. and you know i haven't seen a lot of you know anybody with a doctorate or anybody that runs a clinic like that they're usually not you know huge networkers But that's something you guys have really honed in on um is that something that's natural for you is that something that he just taught you like what what does that look like
1: no it's um you know nathan his i mean that's how he built the business he said dude i everyone in this town has to know me and i think to this point they do i mean he's just he's well known well respected he's done a lot of things um and and you've used the phrase master networker to describe me. I think I'm far from that. That's probably the biggest area that that I view that needs to improve and grow on. But it's the nature of, um, you know, and I don't even really like the term networking It's it's relationships. It's especially in our town of Sioux falls. You're, you're never more than one or two people away from somebody. So much like Nathan introducing us, Mm -hmm. it's really, how do you just, um, get known and get involved in the right circles and, and really add value outside of, um, networking. I just think of insurance agents just handing you cards back and forth. And I've been a part of those things. It's just, no one wants to do business like that. What, how can we help add value to what you're doing? Um, you know, and, and that's the nature of being a chiropractor is people don't wake up, uh, with a headache and come see you unless they know you you yeah. know, and so that's where they've got to know who you are. And so that's where that's a big focus for me in the next year is, is in improving upon that because he's amazing at it and he's very well known and and I'm working at it, but I got a ways to go.
0: Yeah. So is that something like when you guys are helping other chiropractors, is that something you find a lot of is that, you know, they, they, they love working with people, but when it comes to the business side, they just open the doors and expect people to come in or do you guys find that a lot?
1: Yeah, it's and, and it's it, Cody. The reality is there's there's no there's very little education um, on on business stuff in the school, and, and that's again not the school's yeah. fault. I'm not blaming anybody, but right. it's really the ones that are willing to listen and go pour into it. And and chiropractors have figured it out. And there's there's some models that. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, but they make it work. And there's other ones where it's just a complete, we'll see what happens. And so it gets into business and then your relationship with money and trying to navigate that. And so uh, we have a lot of exposure and we work with a lot of docs doing that. Um, and again, they're all good people. I don't blame anybody for doing what they're doing. It's just, uh, if something was wrong with your business, how soon would you want to know? That's, that's one of the things we kind of come back to is let's help figure this out and help you understand why you're doing what you're doing. And from there, then you can see a lot of pretty cool results.
0: Yeah. So another thing that I kind of wanted to point out was, you know, I've, I've been to several chiropractors before. Matter of fact, the last chiropractor I went to was you, but, um, which has been a while probably should go back but uh, when you go into your guys' business, one thing I really love is that it's really short and sweet. You're not sitting in the waiting room forever. Like you're in, you're out, but you're still well taken care of. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your guys' business model as far as, as far as how that operates.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think some, some of the core things that we always uh, teach our team and that we believe is, uh, number one, we compete in an experience economy. So in today's environment, people just won't they won't tolerate a bad experience and a lot of times the buying decision is made on that experience and so we take that a step further to say we're not just competing against chiropractors and doctors and and healthcare we're competing against whatever that last best experience was so if you show up to my doorstep the day after you were just at Disney World that's been your that's where your your you know, Headspace is at. And so that becomes the comparison. And so how do I provide a, a Disney level world-class experience? And so we work really hard on that. And then just focusing on, we try to be, it's it's really patient centric. What is the best interest of the patient? Um, and what we found is the two biggest things that people value is their time and their money. So um, I have to make sure that I've got the systems in play to help kind of decrease that barrier of entry because if you call to get an appointment and you can't get in or you don't call because you know, it's going to take too long. You don't have time for it. We lose. And so we just have worked really hard on creating the systems and doing the training with the team to be as accessible as we can and then have some fun and make it a great experience and don't get caught up in all the stuff we have to do. Just go take care of people and then we'll take care of the stuff on the back
0: end. So, so how do you, you know, like when I was in there before, like I felt really well taken care of, but i I didn't talk to you for more than maybe two minutes. Mm-hmm. How do you create that personal relationship? Like, what are some of the key tactics that you use to make people feel like you're there? Yeah. But maybe be more efficient and not be there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's we call it communication mastery. And so it's really there's there's three components and, and we'll do some different, um, you know, behavioral testing and, and figure this stuff out. But number one, you have to you have to be self-aware. You have to know who you are, how do you communicate, how do you come off, all of those things. There's nothing worse. Everyone knows someone in their life that, that doesn't have that self-awareness that the moment you talk to them, you're going to be there for 30 minutes or they're going to be talking about something you don't, you know, you just you, it immediately brings up that image. And so self-awareness and then being able to recognize others. Okay. Because everybody communicates differently. And so how do you put yourself in the best position to help understand that, you know, Cody's behavior is more like this. And so he's going to gravitate to these things towards these things. Um, and then the third thing is just being able to adapt. So not being inauthentic, but then being able to mix and match that the analogy is if you know, you're speaking French and I'm speaking Spanish, unless one of us can adapt, we're not going to be able to communicate. And so it's that kind of that same philosophy of, um, getting there and then just always trying to be super present you know because if i'm concerned about my wife and kids when i've got when i'm at your feet taking care of you i'm not going to be there and so you have to really focus on staying in the moment keeping your stuff in line keeping your headspace right and um that then creates those conversations where it was two minutes and it felt like 10 compared to it was a 10-minute conversation that felt like an hour
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, on the business side of things, now that we kind of talked about the success piece, what's the biggest challenge or the biggest thing you're working on in your business right now?
1: Oh, great question. You know, I think um, we uh, time, money, and people is kind of the root of all of the, the issues that we find, especially in the chiropractic space. And so um, the time piece is always looking at uh, You know how do we use our time more efficiently how do we improve the systems how do we honor people's times um money is always out there so just looking at uh are we staying where we need to within you know understand the p l and knowing your profit and loss and um where those metrics should be and how do we influence those and then um people you know i think especially we hear a lot of this right now with where unemployment's at and the environment that, you know, good people are hard to come by. And so how are you hiring, retaining, and really the big piece probably the leading and developing. Um, because in, in my market, in my space, I can't go and and pay a premium, um, you know, for for what we need. You know, there, right. there's, a, there's a limit, but I have to be honest with that to say I'm not paying – peanuts to get monkeys. um, But then also, how do I add more value to say, we're going to take a a, really an investment in you as a person because businesses don't grow, people grow, and so we get a lot of um, a lot of good people that we can just help say, however long you're going to be here, let's help you, whether this is a stepping stone or this is the final destination, we're all leaving someday, so let's help try to make it as as valuable as it can be.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So if somebody were to, you know, somebody that's listening to this, wants to be a chiropractor or something along those lines, what's the biggest trait or the biggest thing that they need to have in order to be successful in your field?
1: Yeah, um, we call it H3. We we came up with this a lot of years ago. Uh, H3, it stands for heart, humility and hustle. Mm, so, you, yeah, the heart piece is... You know what are you passionate about but then you also have to understand passion because a lot of times we think passion as like oh this is what makes my heart sing and it's sunshine and rainbows but we always compare it to the passion of the christ you go to that story that that was the opposite of what we kind of have deemed passion and so passion really is what are you willing to suffer for uh and so if you want to be a chiropractor and you want to take care of people like you said it's a long road it's amazing and i would highly recommend it but we got to make sure your heart's in the right place um because we see it just like any other profession if you get into this because you want to make money or you want to do this or that money is a byproduct of of making a tremendous impact but we got to make sure that heart piece is there okay um humility is just simply being able to be coachable and quieting that ego and being able to just find the right people uh and seeking out that piece and just being able to say hey if you don't know what you don't know as soon as you recognize that that's when you can start to grow. Um, And then the hustle piece is just, dude, can you put your nose down and work hard, right? That's still, I think the biggest trait is that, dude, if you can work hard, um, you're gonna get anywhere in life that you want to. Um, But we find if you get those three, that heart, humility, hustle, that creates a really good environment for you to have a lot of success, I think in anything, but especially in, in our profession.
0: Love that. And if you didn't hear that, you should rewind about two minutes and listen to that because that's a nugget right there for sure. And that's, that's, that's any profession that, that was a good one. That was a nugget right there for sure. Yeah. So, um, what are some things that you think actually separates you from other, other chiropractors in your market in the, or, or out there period?
1: Yeah, uh, I can't say there's anything that man I do this so well and they don't. Um, especially at this point in my career, what separates me is is the network that I got into and the mentorship and, and that. But um, my, I guess my challenge to, to all chiropractors, especially if you end up listening to this somehow you always got to look at everything through the lens like we talk about of the patient. I think too many times our needs get in the way or our desires or we start, you know, we're healthcare practitioners. So do I want everybody to eat a certain way and exercise every day and, and make sure they're taking care of their mental health? Yes. But I can't go make that my agenda and push that on people that don't want it. And so it's, Um, you know, trying to keep that in check and really, like I said, what separates us from a business standpoint is what we talk, it's the experience stuff. That's what I'm competing on, you know, and so um, I would encourage you to always look at that and, you know, try to keep that in check with everything else that you're trying to juggle uh, because that seems to be for for us. That's what's been allowed us to serve a lot of people is really how we do it, not necessarily what we do.
0: Yeah. And one one reason I like asking questions like that is because your answer that you just gave doesn't pertain to just chiropractic. That's every mm-hmm. business, you know, like uh on my last episode, I was t- I was talking to Blake, which is a buddy of ours. And we were talking about that, how we got to a certain point in our career. And we go, whoa, I'm doing this for the wrong reasons. I've mm-hmm. kind of I've kind of lost the focus on where the focus should be. So uh, right. I love that little nugget right there for sure. Yeah. Um What's your what's your favorite, because you're a productive dude, whether you, you're super humble, so I know you wouldn't admit this, but you're you're productive. I mean, you go home and you spend family time with three kids and a wife and you hustle during the day. What's your favorite productivity hack?
1: Um, the biggest thing for me has been really getting a planner. I have what we, and this is, again, this is Nathan came up with this. So we call it a flow planner, but that's what I've got sitting in front of me. Um Really just being able to, you know, what's your system for setting goals and why are you setting those goals? And then how are you working to achieve that? I mean, the, the things that he's taught me and what stands out is if I find myself doing something that's not driving me towards my ultimate vision and my ultimate goal of what I want in my life cut it out and quit doing it. You know, it's, it's the art of essentialism and, and really working on what really matters. The 80, 20 principle. I mean, there's, there's a ton of stuff out there. Um, so I think that's been the biggest thing for me is really having an intention with this is what I want. This is, this is what the day should look like. Um, and the days that I do it, I'm productive. And the days that I don't, I get pulled every which direction, um, you know, and so the more I've experienced that, the more I've said, OK, I got to make sure I'm, I'm doing that.
0: So what's the eighty twenty principle?
1: 80-20 principle, uh, 80/20 principle uh, I think it's also known as the Pareto principle. Basically, they've st- and I don't know how they got the data. They're smarter than me. But when you look at any profession or any work, 80 percent of the outcome and the results are driven from 20 percent of the work. And so really what it speaks to is how do you find that 20% of this is where I'm going to make the biggest difference, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to drive 8% of the results. And it's, it's something worth looking into because it's industry wide. So whether you're a lender or real estate or healthcare, it's focusing, how do you find that 20% and then just get, dude, get in your swim lane and work at that. Cause that's going to drive the most of your results.
0: Absolutely. So when you talked about goal setting a second ago, how, ha- you know, I'm sure you have metrics. Do you have weekly metrics, monthly metrics? Like, how do you track yeah. those?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. In our business, we have about twenty six or twenty seven different. We call them KPIs, key performance indicators that we track. Um, you track them every day, and you look at it weekly, monthly, quarterly, depending on what it is. Uh, but the big thing for us is that if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Right. Mm. If you want to lose weight, you got to step on the scale and know this is where I'm at. and This is where I'm going to go. Right. And so, you know, and if you're going to lose weight, if you step on the scale every day, you're never going to be surprised, you know? And so that's kind of our philosophy there. There's a lot of different things that we look at and then um, trying to identify then, well, how do you influence that and then dig deeper? And it's never big things. It's always just accumulation of little things over time. That's what's going to get you there.
0: Mm, Love that. I love the, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. So you're a big reader. I know. Um, I know you probably do that in the morning. What are your three favorite books of all time?
1: Mm -hmm. Top three is tough. I knew you were going to ask me, so I did some homework. Um, One of the biggest books for me was, it's relatively new, The the Gap and the Gain. um, That was by I think ben Sullivan's his name i forget but the gap in the gain is has, is huge especially if you're uh kind of a high achiever or aspire to be and, and all i mean by that is if, if you like really working hard at something you're a high achiever but that book really helped my mindset that was kind of my focus this year was um going through some of that um so that one is really good um Simon Sinek, all his stuff is good, but Infinite Game is one that I've read. That's one of his newer ones that really resonated with me talking about making long-term decisions, not always looking for short-term. And then if I had... The third one would be um, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. If you've never... Um, read Ryan holiday. His stuff is amazing. He just came out with another book. Discipline is destiny. He's really big into stoicism, um, uh, which is really about how do you constantly humble yourself and not, um, let your emotions or your perceptions of a situation dictate your action. Um, so that one ego as the enemy is, is huge. Um, and I could go on, but those, that, those are three. Good ones.
0: Well, I thought I read a lot, but I haven't read either, any of those three. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get to work
1: my dude my nathan reads a book a week and he has for years okay i'm nowhere near the reader he is but i've got that you know he's always said readers are leaders um you know and so that's been something that, dude. It's just it's exposing yourself and challenging your mindset. I fell off the wagon this year in trying to read and get awesome. caught up with the kids, and so getting back up into it is something that we'll do here in, in 2023. But it's important, man.
0: Yeah, and and I found myself listening to audiobooks a little too much, and yeah. and I wasn't as engaged versus yeah. when I actually sat down and read the book and you know made it a part of my daily routine. It's just it's not the same. You don't get as much oh,
1: here's here's where I've, i found success with that i do the audiobook first because mm. you'll know in the first couple chapters if it resonates with you dude yeah. if it doesn't because i was for a while there i was like i gotta read a book a week and i would just churn through and i'd get nothing out of it or i was trying to
0: like force it. yourself to read them
1: there's millions of books go find yeah. the ones that resonate with you and the ones that don't resonate you can still learn something but then also probably spend some time going why why didn't i like that um but i do the audiobook first then if i like it then i'll get the print copy and and go through that in a little slower pace but
0: yeah i like that that's a good little hack cuz i find myself sometimes like trying to force myself to read them and it makes yeah. me it makes me resent it so that's a good hack yeah. so you know this is kind of a taboo question but you're like what what gets you up every day to is, I mean I I know that you don't get a lot a ton of sleep like you're you're a disciplined dude you try to get up in the morning do your daily routine what gets you up every morning to do what you
1: yeah. do,
0: um,
1: yeah it's a good question And It always comes back to your why if your why is big enough the howls will take care of themselves so I think um you know I feel incredibly blessed and you know you can get into faith and and you know the the impact that God has had on my life I mean I I owe it to uh, really just to work my my tail off. But I think the more tangible one is, you know, my wife and kids, because, you know, motivation can come from a lot of different sources. Um, And really my motivation is, is fear of failure and embarrassment. Um, Because I don't want to ever have to come home to my wife and tell her, Hey, you know, we, this can't happen or we can't do this because I wasn't able to drive results, you Mm. know? And, and I think in the back of my mind, um, dude, I'm, I'm unapologetically, I love being a dad. Like that's, if you ask my hobbies outside of work, it is being a dad. It's
0: hundred oh, percent. It's
1: playing Legos and wrestling and going to the park. And so, um, if I could find a way for that to make me, uh, you know, provide an income and make a living, I probably would do that. But <laughs> I can't and so when i'm working or when i'm doing things it's really is this driving me towards my ultimate goal and would my wife and kids be proud of me for doing it and is it going to lead to a more tangible uh improveable outcome for them i think that keeps me away from uh, you know being out doing other things that that just doesn't serve that
0: mm, yeah and one of the cool things i love about you and your wife and i haven't actually spent a lot of time around her but yeah. wh- one cool thing is how how good you guys work together, like you're both committed to the same cause, like she's as as if not more committed than you are, so talk a little yeah. bit of talk a little bit about the importance of that and having that support at home.
1: Every, dude, every business is a family business. This is something we always talk to with, with chiropractors because who are your stakeholders, right? If I can't operate a, a business that can make an impact and I can't take care of my wife and kids, we're going to run into trouble. So I always joke she works way harder than I do when you've got, you know, she stays home full time and she has made sacrifices, I mean, her whole life. For our kids, but it's
0: the hardest job in the world because oh, okay. you, you can't you can't just clock out of that one. <laughs> no, it, never,
1: it never stops. It yep. never stops. She sacrificed her, her mind, her body, her soul, all for the kids. But early on, we had made the decision. It was like we didn't want to we didn't want to have you know both parents out of the house and and drop the kids off at daycare and and dude, there's nothing wrong with that. But just no. get on the same page and. Yeah. Um, I joke, she works way harder than I do. And I'll tell you that all day long because it's just, it's different and it doesn't stop and it's 24 hours. But, um, you know, I just look at the opportunities that that um, she's had to be with the kids and help raise them and be there for all the moments um, because, you know, I can't be. And that's yeah. that, that's something we had to wrestle with and, and work through. But we work well together. She's amazing. Uh, and that just allows us to go do the things that we want to create and do for our family. Mm,
0: love that. Love that. Um, so what is, cause I know you did your homework cause you're a homework guy. What's yeah. one, what's one question you wish I would have asked you and how would you have answered?
1: Oh man. Um, you know, I think even, uh, the question that we didn't ask is, is how you and I, uh, got to know each other. Um, because the reality is you and I don't, I mean, we've had a handful of conversations. We're not that, uh, tight, but I think it's a cool story because it's, um, for me, I mean, I still, I mean, I remember walking into Cafea on Phillips Avenue downtown and seeing Mm you. Um, and it was that exposure piece because you're, uh, you're a little bit younger than I am. You were doing a lot of things that I had no knowledge in. And so um, it's that exposure and that, and that challenge. And then just, I resonated with uh, your work ethic and, you know, you, why you were doing what you're doing. Um, So I think it's just important that the more you kind of put out into the universe, who you are and what you do, that's how you're going to find and gravitate. So if you're struggling with that, you probably got to look at, um, You know, what are you doing to help create those opportunities? So I think that's probably that origin story maybe, um, is where I'd go with that.
0: Well, yeah. And, and because, you know, like I'm not from Sioux falls when Mm -hmm. I met you, I'd only lived there for, I think two years. Mm -hmm. So we, we don't do the same thing. We don't, you know, we don't have the same hobbies, but through, through that networking and through both of us being, you know, both of us hustling and out there trying to meet people you know we just cross paths through right. through nathan and same way with you know you and blake and yeah. you know it's 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 kind of come full circle which has been uh been super cool to see just how that's progressed and just because i tell people that story all the time um because same way with blake and i of i didn't know him he didn't know me and it's just turned into this like blossomed deal of just a lot of people that have the same mindset that you know whether we're best friends or not we have the same mindset and we're surrounded by the same people.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think if you go into any relationship looking at, you know, what can I give versus what can I get, mm. you know? And, and in your case, I was like, dude, I, I got a lot to learn from uh, this guy and what he's doing. And so that just is where it resonated. And not everyone has to be your, your BFF that you talk to every day, but it's just that mutual respect and understanding of uh, I've got a lot to learn just through observation.
0: Yeah. I mean, likewise for you. I mean, cause you're, you're a good business dude, and I can learn a lot about business from you. And it's just, I think people focus too much on, you know, a certain niche of, oh, I need to, you know, for me, I need to talk to other mortgage lenders, or I only need to talk to realtors. And yeah. in all reality, majority of the stuff I've learned in my career have been from people that are in completely different industries. 100%. Because especially like the customer centric piece, and you know that's something not that a lot of people in my industry talk about, not in yours either. But that that's one big thing I've learned from you guys is, you know, the the whole you know doctor nurse thing, right. you know, where you, where you can be super efficient with your time and work on more people, but they still feel taken care of. Right. So, um, where can people find you if they wanted to connect with you? Um, if they want to yeah. come see you for an appointment, where where can they find you at? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm old school. I, I, I have social media. So, I mean, I'm on Facebook. If you wanted to message me, I'll, I'll get to it at some point. I'm not as uh, modern as Cody's been with this stuff, but, uh, you know, we have in live chiropractic here in Sioux Falls. If you Google us there, you'll, you'll find us and um, we're here as much as we can be. And then on the flip side of that, if, if there's opportunities that you want to engage outside of just chiropractic stuff, that's, I'll be here. So that's, that's where I, that's the easiest place
0: to find me. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate your time. Uh, It was great getting to talk to you. It's been a while since we chatted. So I think, I think you dropped a ton of nuggets today um, that you, I don't think you realized you dropped a ton of nuggets, but you did.
1: Um, Any, any nugget that I dropped was bestowed onto me by somebody else and i think that's more just i think i have the obligation to to regurgitate it so
0: there's there's no reinventing the wheel so that's where all okay. of us get it from man so exactly. i i appreciate you buddy and appreciate your time
1: yeah thanks man
0: awesome thanks buddy we'll see you later you bet bye